right, you guys ready? Ready as I'll ever be. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> Hello, wrestling fans. We are the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. We are back and as okay as ever. Follow us and interact with us on our Twitter and Instagram at LiveYourGimmick. That's at L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. All you- M-O-U-S-E. There it is. Oh, we're <laughs> definitely back now. All you need to do is just search for us on your favorite podcast app. Click subscribe uh, and join us each and every week. If you do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, we greatly appreciate any five-star reviews you can give. We also appreciate your feedback, so please comment on how you like the show. A little update, soon you'll be able to see our smiling faces. We're kind of experimenting it with now because we're going to start posting a video version of the podcast on YouTube. We're still working out some kinks, so make sure you stay tuned. We might even have, or we might even go live and worldwide with a few watch-alongs in the future. So uh, the future is bright for the Gimmick Minute podcast. Just, just hang in there with us and enjoy the ride. If you don't know by now, my name is Jason. I am the ringleader of this circus of... Carney Smarks, and I'm joined each week by my two co-hosts. We have the always ready, as he'll ever be, Michael Gresser, and of course the ratings killer, the sleepy historian, Kevin Weekly. Welcome back, gentlemen. How are we doing? I mean, I'm just excited that it's 2021 and we experiment now. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all good. Other than, other than starting my 2021 basically in quarantine, you know. Right. So, but... <laughs> Well, hey, at least we can provide you some entertainment, right? So we, we can, you can at least. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I got nothing else to fucking do, so. <laughs> you, can't leave Why the, not? you can't leave the house, but you can at least ride the wave of, uh, of vicariously joining us through the internet, so. Oh, I can, I can leave the house. I just can't go nowhere. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, technically you can do both, but then you might get charged with, like, biological warfare, so. Yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, I don't technically have it, so. Not that I fucking know. But. Not that, not yet, anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this week we've been gone for what about two months now. So it's been a little bit of a hiatus for us. A lot has happened in the wrestling industry since we've been gone. So I wanted to use this episode as just kind of a platform for us to be able to talk about some of the different things and changes that have happened and, and stuff of that nature. But before we get into that. Um, thanks to our friends at the Get Show podcast, they actually um, suggested we actually talk about what we've been up to in this little hiatus. So uh, before we get into the wrestling talk, uh, Kevin, um, do you want to start other than being quarantined because your wife unfortunately contracted the coronavirus? Uh, what have you been up to? I, I, usually we see each other over New Year's, but due to circumstances, unfortunately, that didn't happen. And this is actually the first I've really seen you or gotten a chance to talk to you in a couple of weeks, which is rare for us. So, um, yeah. you know, what's what's going on with you? What have you been up to? Oh, not a whole lot. Um, really, outside of just working and, you know. Busy with, you know, Ava Sports and, you know, all that. Haven't really done a lot, like most people probably, so. Yeah, very true. <clears throat> you know, sorry to be the buzzkill to start <laughs> off our show back, but <laughs> not a whole lot. You, you wouldn't be a ratings killer for nothing, Kev, so. Well, obviously. <laughs> I, I Hey, the fact that I'm this wide awake, though. Even in quarantine, it does not matter. Okay, so everybody should just you know enjoy this moment because it's not going to happen a lot. <laughs> well, we appreciate you being president. Oh, 
Oh, oh I have oh. though. I have though, and I'm gonna. I can't wait to show you guys. My belt belt collection has grown. Oh, okay. Big time. So I oh, haven't technically been busy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I got, like I said, I got plenty of time now. But <laughs> I, I, I counted today. I have thirty two done. Wow. And I have th- three more to make, so oh, I can't shit. wait to sh- I can't wait to show you guys. So. Yeah. Well, well, we'll save that for one that we know is going to go on video, so the rest of the world can see it too. So that, that'll, yeah. be, that'll be fun. That'll it'll be, be fun. like a little, a little belt tour. Yeah, and it'll, it'll, it'll hopefully maybe show people that honestly, like, and I've looked up like videos of people that make homemade belts because there's other you know <laughs> losers like me, but you know, hey, why buy the shit when you can just make it yourself, right? There you go. So, but hey. honestly, I, I put mine up against anyone anybody's homemade belts out there because mine are not like oh i print them out and they're just pieces of paper where like i mean i take the time and i actually do this all freehand i don't do you know stencils or anything like that i just look at stuff and do it all freehand so yeah, I mean, the attention to detail is pretty good. As you can see above my left-hand shoulder, we have our, our custom gimmick minute live and worldwide championship that uh, that was created by you. So, That's Yeah, it. I had to – a couple of them I actually have redone, like the AEW title that I did. Mm-hmm. I actually uh, redid it a little bit to make it look even more realistic. And the TNT title, I changed the strap from red to black. There so got to keep got to keep got to keep updated with stuff so all right we also have our birthday boy in the house he celebrated what your was it your 30th birthday yesterday you uh, unfortunately young yes. son of a bitch <laughs> I, 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 I thought you were going to say his 13th birthday cuz that would be funnier <laughs> oh, so God. what have you been up to uh, Mr. Grasser I have been busy making Modern Toy Fair News, the number 73 top hobby podcast in Australia. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Good night, mates. (laughs) Well, that is awesome. At least you cracked another top 200 somewhere. Exactly. So that's that's great. It's a resume builder right there. And that's a continent, too. Yeah. Yeah. My man, that's a good call. Out Let there, sexy Jeff. co-host always watching out. <laughs> yeah. Not just a country, people. Not a city. This guy's taking over a fucking continent. That's right. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, cool. Anything else? Uh, I mean, just besides that and keeping up with the the YouTube channel. Not not really. I mean, spending money on all, all this shit behind me. So yeah, there's, there's yeah. that. I have a collection myself that's grown thanks to you. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> so for me, uh, I uh, I moved and I uh, started a job. Or, well, same job, but a different position at a different store. I think I'm in my fourth different store within the last like six months or something like that. So <laughs> I was going to say two weeks. Yeah. It seems like. <laughs> crazy shit but uh but yeah uh besides moving and that i mean just been you know hanging out with the family a little bit here and there and trying to finish school i i have um you know one more well basically i i'm week three of 11 weeks and when i finish that 11 weeks i will officially be a a college graduate so that's exciting stuff i can finally get my my degree there so but yeah outside of that that's been it so how about we uh get rid of the get 
end all this boring conversation then and get into the wrestling talk. What do you say? <laughs> wrestling. The wrestling mm-hmm. talk. All right. So first and foremost, I, I, I do think we need to take a second and address uh, the passing of John Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper. Um, very saddened by the news. I think everybody in the entire wrestling world was pretty shook by that. Uh, it, it's been talked to death, I'm sure, over the past I mean, what number of weeks since this has happened? It it was a bit of a surprise for some people, but you know, for the for people that knew him and were close to him, apparently this is something they saw coming. Um, just randomly started suffering from some lung issues, and um, you know, and then doctors really had no cure for him, and unfortunately he he passed away. So, you know, I thought that you know the wrestling community as a whole, I I, I think. Did a handled this situation pretty well. I think there was a few people that might have taken some unnecessary shots one way or the other with with certain companies, but it shouldn't be about that. It should be about the the man's life and and tributing him. And I feel like I feel like both AEW and WWE did a very good job of of honoring him. You know, AEW more directly because he worked there with the with the tribute show that they did, the involvement of uh, Brody Lee Jr., which I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to watch some of AEW over the past couple of weeks, but the kid is still there. They, they, uh, on this last episode on Wednesday, they did a birthday special for him. Um, you know, at the beginning of the show, they brought him out, had a cake. He was actually on the shoulders of one of the dark order guys. And he was wearing he, his dad's coat. He, <laughs> he, he cuts promos. And he yeah. does the paper throw. And the thing is like the promos, like he's an eight year old kid. And yeah. like, he's being an eight year old kid doing these promos. I mean, I thought, it's it's a it's a good uh i mean good look for them and a good thing to do for the family so yeah without a doubt and and, and you know they, they've really taken care of that family and it just kind of shows you the kind of guy that tony khan is as well you know just signing signing brody jr to a contract and you know basically making him a developmental superstar and or just developmental star you know you're ingrained to say superstar because of fucking wwe but you know making him a developmental star and, and things like that like that it just just shows you the the kind of guy that he is and, and the kind of community that they're trying to build there and i think that's it's it's really good for that company and it's really good for for that family and um just to try to help them through such a such a rough time like i couldn't even imagine Imagine, you know, being that young and losing a parent and, and having to try to navigate life through that or for his wife, Amanda, you know, losing, you know, her basically her, her significant other and, and having to, you know, navigate life and raise these two boys without having him there, especially when he was, you know, by all accounts, such a great father, a great human being and things like that. But I mean, it just it's it's such a rough situation, but I feel like I feel like they AEW specifically did a great job of trying to turn this tough situation into something positive and, and something meaningful um, for themselves and for the family. Michael, you have any opinions on anything? Have you seen any of the stuff that they were able to do? I mean, I've seen it like posted on online plenty. I mean, realistically, the, the kid better show up every week. He's contracted. Yeah, he doesn't want to be the <laughs> next Brock Lesnar for fuck's sake. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh, wow! All right. <laughs> if it, if it wasn't if it wasn't Kevin's racism that was going to get us, <laughs> Mike's <laughs> shit talking. Eight of children. All right. <laughs> oh, oh my. 
you know, I don't care if your dad died, but your contract. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The show must go on, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. If one of us die, I think he just expects our kids to jump into our seat and just continue oh, on I'm, the podcast. Sure. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll be he'll be texting Lily be like, it's 10 o'clock. Why the fuck are you on yet? <laughs> I mean, I, I just assume that, like, if one of you died, we have to replace you with a mop with a face on it. Oh, wow. Oh, oh cool. You know, exactly. here I am. I'm saying he, Mike's taking over continents. And, you know, I can I'm not saying that you're useless. Well, apparently, I'm apparently, just saying that you're not replaceable. So apparently, have to just he's that good. You. He can have a match with a mop and make it entertaining. Yeah. I mean, I did take over Australia. <laughs> number 73 yeah all right so <laughs> that's that's the thing that's a joke is you're number 73 not even like number you're number one this is like holy shit oh so so and on the on the flip side of it too you know wwe i thought handled it pretty appropriately too i mean you know unfortunately luke harper left wwe right john huber moved on to aw he didn't work there so for some people that were criticizing them not playing a video tribute or, or different things like that i really feel like that was unnecessary they did post a tribute on their website and they did do they put together video packages on the wwe network and things like that and and you know they also waited for AEW to do their thing like they AEW should have done the tribute for him that was the appropriate thing to do because that's where he worked so I I just think that you know some of the criticism that they've gotten for for that stuff you know a little unwarranted it's not the time for that it's it's about the guy it's about his life like and I loved I loved the the tributes that the wrestlers themselves did you know Xavier Woods with you know hitting a discus clothesline uh, multiple multiple I think Woods E and some of those other guys hit the yeah 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 a couple of times you know McIntyre opened up the show by saying it's Monday you know what that means. Which actually, Jr. opens up every dynamite that way now. With though it's Wednesday, you know what that means. They open the show with that every mm-hmm. week now. So I mean, yeah, every, everything WWE did was appropriate, appropriate to do. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't see why. It's not like they didn't say anything. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, and like, yeah, no, they just ignored his existence. They. They, they did a respectful amount for a guy who no longer worked with them. He wasn't affiliated with them. He was currently signed and actively working with another company. They they If they would have gone all out, then people would have just been complaining, oh, WWE trying to you know, get a pop from the, the fans because they, they talked about a guy that everyone loved that's with another company trying to steal AEW's thunder. Like, you're not going to please everybody, unfortunately. Yeah, and I don't think people realize, like, I mean, this was like, the unfortunate, you know, occurrence of this happening, like it, it almost was uniting a lot of WWE and AEW wrestlers and company almost together. But then you had your typical people out there who were like trying to shit all over it. But like they didn't realize like they were actually like, you know, what I mean, like it was almost like, hey, we know we're competition, but we're we're all one family. Yeah. So. And even Brody's wife came out and said, like, look, WWE did a lot for our family. We're not mad at them. We don't hate them. He didn't leave WWE because he hated WWE. He just left because they saw him as one thing and he saw himself as another. So he went out to go 
bet on himself basically it's difference yeah and differences the, and there's nothing whatever. wrong with that you know that that's that, that's that's very common you know very common it's a it's a business and i think sometimes you know us as fans we can maybe take it a little bit too personally and and get too personally invested in what essentially are television characters you know what i mean like mm-hmm. we, we equate these people as real life people but they're playing a role on a television show and i think sometimes we overlook that a little bit and, and she even tried to point that out and say look i mean you know these are two companies that are you know trying to do what's that what's right by the fans and you know it, it just it's just sad that like there's so much toxicity i guess in in just about anything like i i was talking to my wife about this um you know before, well, well, real quickly and then we'll move on to something else but i was talking about my wife about this the other day i was like man there's just so much toxic shit on the internet i was like i am two different things that like i'm a browns fan and i'm a wrestling fan and it seems like both subcultures have groups of fans that are just incredibly toxic. I mean, the the Cleveland Browns historically have been super bad over the past, what, two decades, right? So they finally had a really good season. They made a playoff run. And even in the midst of that, there are still fans in Facebook groups that are supposed to be fans talking shit, talking about how this guy's no good. They need to get rid of this guy. They need to get rid of this guy. Oh, it's this, that, that, that loss is on the coach. They need to fire him and blah, blah. Like, dude, what the fuck? Like, just, it's not, it's not even just, it's not even just that. It's not even just that. It's like, it's everyday everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know you guys see it all the time, whether it's politics, whether it's, you know, whether it's COVID, whether it's just, you know, anything, you know, like, like Facebook is not a, I don't care that, you know, what you're, you know, you did two Thursdays ago and, oh my God, this is the best dinner I had or some bullshit. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 yes, it's all just could be toxic. It's all just, but like it's just everything and it just blows it's my all, mind. it's too much sometimes it just blows my mind when you're supposed to be a fan of something but all you have to say are things that are negative about it it's like damn like come on there's something out there that's positive right like <laughs> i don't know all right well let, let's move on so so sticking with AEW, um did, did, real quick before we talk about the uh the other thing um did did we talk about sting debuting was that our last episode that, that, that was that happened was it? I'm trying to think no, if that was because no, because he he debuted. He debuted after December, we went on hiatus, December fifth. So I think that was after. Okay, all right, yes. Yeah, so I, I can't remember when we recorded last. To be honest, I know it's it's been so long. I think but... it was. I think I, honestly, I think it was right before. Was it around Thanksgiving? Before Thanksgiving? I think it was a little after Thanksgiving. I think it was. In- I think it was the weekend. Wasn't it the weekend after Thanksgiving? Yeah, I feel because I, I know the episode did, didn't go out until after that. But well, yeah, the, the episode went out much later than what we actually recorded it. So maybe that's what's throwing me off. But yeah, I, I don't. I don't think we did because it was right before that we talked about. That's when I called Darby Allen. Save a lot of Sting. So yeah, that's right. And, and, then, and then he debuted. And it's like it's like Sting heard you, and they're in a program. And he's like, together. "How dare you? That's yeah. my son, you bitch." Yeah. <laughs> Be funny if Darby Allen came out and like one of the Save a Lot employees. They were like the <laughs> like a red golf shirt. It says Save a Lot <laughs> with his Sting face paint on. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be I'd be happier if he just covered half of his face in a Save a Lot bag. 
Yeah, and he's, got, and he's got Food Club brand baked beans. <laughs> All right, so Sting debuts in AEW. Uh, we get the big pop and circumstance. Uh, really good, <laughs> really good music. Uh, you know, his music arguably better than WWE. The whole oh, not even arguably. Oh, it's hands down. The, yeah, the whole, it's, it's night and day different there. The whole Game of Thrones presentation, though, with the winter is coming and the snowfall and stuff like that, you can definitely tell that, you know, they're owned by Warner Media Company, which is also owned by AT&T, which also owns HBO. So, you know, they get that uh, they probably get that trademark that they're able to use there. Um, is, that, is that Tony Khan money? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, when you know you have fuck you money. The AT&T is letting you use Game of Thrones references. So a lot, so a lot of people really, really... Man, they really, really popped for this huge. And for me, I was like, okay, cool, Sting's there, but what's that really mean? I mean, can the guy really work matches, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's, it's money for him. Drawing. But... I don't think he cares about really working. He might work, like he's going to work a match coming up, but like it's going to be a protected, you know. Tag match, so uh, we don't know that. You, you might want to hold your breath. Yeah, he's, because, in, he's uh, in there with Taz's boys, so that's that's. That I mean, I mean, we all saw what happened to I mean, he, Mike I mean, Hardy for like a month straight. So yeah, I mean, true. if he face, if, I mean, if they face like Ricky Starks and Cage, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. Like, like if it's Will Hobbs and uh, well. And I, and, yeah, right. Will Hobbs and and uh, Hook. Yeah, yeah. Hook, yeah. <laughs> Hook. Who names your Taz would name his son Hook? Like what the fuck, Hook? <laughs> like Captain Hook? I, I I heard I heard uh, his other son uh, Crook is going to be starting soon. Hook and too. Crook, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we call Hook by Crook. Hook by. <laughs> oh my God. So. Um... Yeah, I don't know where the fuck we're going with this, but um, I don't either. We, I, we started talking about Sting, and then we we went off on a tangent about Taz's kids. Are, are, yeah. Is the point why is Sting there? Why is Sting Sting? Yeah, I, I guess I, uh, that's where I was getting at. Like, why do you think? Why is Goldberg going to be the next WWE champion? Oh, fuck that! Come on, please no. But uh... I, well, so, so first off, let's 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 take a step back here. Goldberg, while he isn't entertaining to watch. Still is in incredible shape and can work. Sting mm. literally <laughs> had a career-ending injury less than five years ago. Well, well maybe he's not, he, was well, he's probably, he's, maybe six. Well, he's, well, he's probably he's obviously cleared. Do we do we know that? Because AEW's well, being well, quite clear that they don't give a fuck about clearing people because they cleared clearly concussed Matt Hardy to finish a match. So I, I did I did see an interview with with. Um, Oh, who was it? I can't even remember who it was. It, it might have been Sting himself. But basically, when he was approached by Tony Khan, they asked him if he wanted to work cinematic-style matches. So I, I think more than anything, these matches will be very protected for him. I, I don't know what this mat, this tag match is going to look like, if it's going to be a cinematic-style fight, or if it's actually going to be an in-the-ring tag match. But I think the idea to bring him in was to have him work those cinematic-style matches, uh, you know, much like a last ride match or something along those lines. So I, I think that they're going to do what they can to protect him, which I, I think, you know, that's cool and all. But if that's all you see him in, like that, that to me that might get a little like if it's just a one-off thing where it's like a, an awesome cinematic match or something along those lines, 
I could probably get down for that, but if you're going to see something like that all the time, I, I think it would just get stale after a while. But that's just that's just me. But yeah, you know. yeah, I mean, that's that's he, my he, thing is what's the end game? Like, right. Yeah. And then, like, what yeah. is it they're going to do? Because I mean, obviously, their their goal is to try to put eyes on Darby, try to get him more over, even which makes no sense because I'm pretty sure their fan base loves Darby. But I it just it doesn't seem like there's an end game in sight that makes sense because. AEW needs Sting. Sting doesn't need AEW kind of thing. Unless it's more of like an Undertaker thing where Sting's just like, I need it, man. I need it. Like, that's the only thing I can I can think of. Yeah, and it might just be a throwback to his days of, I mean, when he first started the Crow character. He didn't work for a year. Mm-hmm. Or over a year and a half. So, I know that's been done. But this time, at least he's, you know, talking and... But the thing is, with that, with when he first started that, he never worked, and he thought, "Is he going to work? Is he going to talk?" It, it honestly, me as a fan at the time, every week I was like, that was one of my main things with watching Nitro is what's Sting going to do? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. so not that this would be anything like that at all, but what I'm saying is they could use him in a kind of a role like that. But like Mike said, the end game, like the end game to me is Darby turning on Sting. But Darby's so over. Well, I don't know if he's so over, but he is pretty over. Could that be a possibility? Right. Would that be a would that be a shot in the dark? Like, oh my God, Darby Allen just you know turned on Sting. But then again, outside of AEW and maybe people that knew for Independence, not many people know who Darby Allen is. That's true. Yeah. That's no offense to him. And, just... and Darby, and Darby to his credit, is making a pretty big name for himself in a, in a pretty quick amount of time. Like he's he's become one of the bright spots, I think, of AEW. He's become a guy that I think that they're looking to build as a future like impact player. Now, he might need to calm down on some of the crazy risks that he takes if he wants to be yeah. there long term and yeah. and be able to to make it to that point. But it, it seems like he's he's one of those guys that they're that they're planning on on building the company around long term, which in my opinion is great for AEW because they need young guys like that that they can eventually transition into because, you know, the Cody's, the Kenny's, the Young Bucks, those guys I would say within the next 10 years, assuming this company lasts that long, they're eventually going to kind of venture and fade into the background and kind of let these young guys step up. Like they're, they're kind of the building blocks, but they, if the, if the company is going to survive, it can't just be about those guys because, you know, they're already getting up there in age as far as, you know, you know, obviously you can wrestle till you're in your like forties and fifties, but as far as like wanting to do it every night now, great you, they don't do it every night, like a WWE schedule, but you know, just as far as like, if they want the company to survive long-term, they have to put it on the backs of some of these younger stars eventually. So getting these guys that exposure and stuff like that's going to be good for them. The other thing that can be good for them, but I'm not quite sure it's going to work out for the other company is their merger with impact wrestling. What did you guys think about this? Uh, I don't really a merger. I think it's just like a working relationship. Yeah, partnership. I, I guess. Yeah. Just, be, just because. And and the thing merger is, Don Cal- Yeah. Like the thing with Don Callis and Kenny Omega, like that friendship is like a legit real thing. And not, obviously, Don Callis has worked at Impact for years. Right. So I think it's. And plus, the Good Brothers are there. So I think it's. It's more or less of a. I, people will say, "Oh, it's it's a desperation thing." Like I don't really think it's like a desperation thing. I think it's just like, hey. You know, 
you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Let's try to help each other out a little bit. Not not like it's like, hey, let's try to take down WWE. I think anybody in their right mind, and a lot of people, like, even within that company, like Chris Jericho, probably be the first one to say, you're not going to take down WWE. Just like Hulk Hogan used to say to Bischoff, you're not going to take down WWE. So stop thinking that. I think it's just a thing of just trying to just help each other out, honestly. So, like, I mean, it got me intrigued. Like, I sat through a whole episode of Impact one time and just to see, see the end with Kenny Omega. I mean, other than that, it wasn't anything... Of course, I, you know I don't watch it like so. Yeah. I don't watch it enough I mean, to it, get it, intrigued. Impact has some okay guys. You know they they have Sammy Callahan, which which that guy is is he's a really good in ring talent. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I think Sammy Callahan personally. Rich Swan, Rich Swan, Rich Swan is um, there. Yeah, like guys. He's, like he's their world champion. Yeah, and then you got you know you got um you know, the Good Brothers there. You know what um Cardona well, just Cardona there. just signed. Yeah, you know and Brian and Myers Myers has been there. He Slater I think was there too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's there's some there's some talent in Impact, but I just I, I honestly think this is going to benefit AEW more than it will Impact, though. And and that's just it might get a few more eyes on Impact. I just don't know if they have the if they have the staying power to keep them there. I mean, how long has Impact been around, and they just have never been able to maintain the success, maintain any type of success for a long period of time. What do you think, Michael? What, what what was your opinion on that? I, I mean, realistically, Impact is basically the Kmart of the wrestling business. Um, they, they'll consistently be going out of business, but somehow still have stores throughout the the world somewhere. Um, so that way they survive like a cockroach in a nuclear war. Uh, I, I do I don't, feel I don't like think Impact has ever made money. Right? Yeah. Probably not. No. I mean, I for mean, fuck's sakes, they give away their shows for free on on Twitch because no one either has access or fucking knows what channel it's on. Um, they, but, do have, they do have their own streaming app though. They have the impact plus, which yeah. you can get their uh, pay-per-views on. And like, you can go back and watch like impact shows from the very beginning. Oh yeah. yeah on yeah. impact plus, And, and that's that, I mean, I guess they have a, a subscription thing with that, which I, I've heard is pretty good. So I guess that's a little bit lucrative for them, but my, my prediction is Impact is basically going to turn into a poaching ground for AEW. It's going to end yeah. up being like a, not necessarily NXT because NXT is a little more deliberate. Like they get these guys and bring them in, and then eventually Vince decides to bring them up and then maybe do something with them. But I'm thinking more like guys signed to Impact because Impact will pay just about anyone who wants to to come work for them as long as they're willing to work for not a lot of money, and that will give AEW kind of the open door of like. Hmm, we like this guy. Let's work with him. Have him come up on our show back and forth since we have this relationship. And then once his contract up, maybe he signs with AEW instead. And then suddenly now he's on Wednesday nights more regularly instead of Impact. Um, which eventually, in theory, in theory, if that is the case, Impact, I'd hope, would get wise to it. But at the same time, I feel like Impact needs these, act- what, even if it's just like a handful, like a few extra thousand, needs these eyes on their product because let's be honest with Kenny Omega showing up on impact regularly, that's enough to get the AEW marks to tune in on Twitch or if they have cable television access TV to just to see Kenny and to see the good brothers and to see the, the whatever they're calling themselves. That's not the bullet club. Um, so I, I feel like it's 
it's going to be a very symbiotic relationship until AEW starts kind of taking more than they're giving. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that I would be kind of more concerned about too. Is and, and I brought this up. I, I was a guest on um, Shugo who did an interview with us, or his name's Cody. He does a Lotus Moon Productions. He he had me on his show. Um, I think a little bit after we stopped recording and, uh, that was right when this happened and he was super excited about him. He's a big AEW fan and I totally understood it. The thing that I brought up and what was a concern for me is, you know, when you look at AEW's roster, they already have such a deep roster of guys that are not getting TV time. You know, they have guys that are, you know, on AW Dark all the time, which a lot of people don't watch because it's it's a YouTube show. You have a lot of guys that are are and gals too that are just not are getting time on the on the two hour Wednesday show that they have. So now you're going to add in these Impact stars, and that's going to take spots from the AW guys that aren't getting enough time. And then on the flip side of that too, on impact, if you got Kenny Omega showing up, that's taking time away from somebody that, you know, is an, is an impact star. That's not getting their TV time now too. So I think eventually that could, that could maybe have some detrimental consequences so far. It hasn't seemed like it really has. Um, the other thing too, that would be concerning is how long does this relationship go on? Especially when you have Kenny taking on Swan, you know, uh, you got Kenny going over on the Impact champion. How many times can that happen before that starts to make Impact look like a lesser brand than AEW? And how long does it, you know what I mean? Like that, it, it just seems like it's going to. I mean, it's, it's cute to think I, that there's a world where Impact is not a lesser brand than any right. other brand. But it just seems like it's gonna it's gonna maybe further bury them more than bring them up is is where my concern would be for impact or you know maybe some infighting starts between Tony Khan and Don Callis and those guys saying well we need our guy to go over this time and Tony's like nah our guy's gonna go over you know what I mean how long until things like that start to happen to where this marriage uh, becomes a little bit more tumultuous and maybe a little bit more. Uh, not as uh, brotherly as it is right now, as the good brothers would put it. I, I So what I think is the thing that's going to be with that, um, even with my theory that eventually it's just going to become a poaching ground for AEW to get new people to not use because they don't have enough TV time uh, to spread around. Uh, I, I feel like that's not going to become an issue because if you've noticed, at least from what I've seen, the only real crossover is this kind of Kenny Omega invasion, which is it's, it's not even, it's literally AEW versus it's AEW and impact versus Kenny Omega. It's not one or the other. He's like a third party invading both shows, even though he's signed and owns one of the companies, Matt, Matt Hardy and private party are showing up on impact and they're challenging for the impact world titles. Um, so well, it, I mean, it is a impact's more, a nice run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it is just a little bit more than that uh, I, I now heal private party so I, I feel like they're no longer the bootleg street profits because they've turned wait, heel wait, wait. and showed some attitude is, is, it, is it the street profits currently in the process of turning heel I don't think so I, 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 I don't know I, did they I try to like bribe that. to get a title match this week that's very heelish <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but that was more. I think that's more. They're just trying. I don't know. They're just and, trying to get and, the good graces. And, and the good thing about Matt Hardy and them showing up is that they showed up, and Matt showed up as Big Money Matt. 
Yeah. Which which was his first heel turn on Impact when he world world title. That was like one of his his first big like before he did the broken mat was big money mat. So I thought that was kind of that was cool. We'll yeah. throw back the show. I after. assume that was what his gimmick was with them. Oh yeah. With before yeah, yeah before broken that was. Count, before, uh, or bootleg street profits. Bootleg street profits. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing with Omega too is that like, and and I like people were talking about because he you know they, they call him the col- the collector because mm-hmm. obviously he's he's the AAA Mega Champion and you know now he's got the AEW title. They were talking about okay, does he take the Impact World Title? Yeah, Probably. because everybody is now. Whether it's going to happen or not, but they're starting to fantasy book him versus uh, Kota Ibushi, who just won the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental titles. So he has both of those. So people are starting to talk like, like, like a dream match, like an amazing match would be in if like if Kota would come, actually come to America, yeah. <clears throat> and, and face Omega. So. And that's why I was talking to you guys about New Japan. Like, I don't really follow them that much or whatever. I just was reading about their Wrestle Kingdom show. Yeah. And Kota, I think it's Kota Ibushi. Ibushi. Yeah, he was... Ibushi. Uh, Ibushi was, uh, he was a part of the, the first Cruiserweight Classic for NXT. Okay. And- these, two match- these two matches that he had, and, like, I found them on YouTube in bits and pieces. So, he defeated Naito... I think it was a Naito the first night in like I think that that match went like 41 minutes and then the next night he wrestled Jay White and they went almost an hour wow so like back to back nights but like I mean you talk about like fucking awesome matches like I just I was able to watch like mostly bits and pieces from him, so like that got me thinking like god if, if he him and Omega yeah would be like a nice fancy booking match to see. There was some speculation Jay White possibly showing up in, in NXT, but that'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see if that happens. Um, speaking of NXT, we can move on a little bit from AEW unless there's anything else that you guys can think of that you want to mention. But um, uh, I do want to throw out that if if New Japan got in the mix, I think it would get a lot more murky just because New Japan, at least the from the stories from people like uh, the good brothers and, and a few other people, they, they don't play ball the same way. They're not going to be like, Oh yeah, you, you can take our championship oh, and, yeah. and put it on your guy. No, they're gonna be like, nah, you're going to give us a shit ton of money or we're going to get one of your championships in exchange. Like they're not mm-hmm. going to play, play yeah, that game. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're a lot, they're a lot, quite more, as well. they're a lot more shrewd. And as they should be, honestly, I mean, yeah, protect you know, your fucking, there's a reason WWE doesn't do things like that, you know, and, and triple H even came out and said like, you know, if it makes sense business wise, we're open to it, but for them, for it to make sense business wise, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot that has to happen, uh, to, to, well, to he also said that like when he says makes sense business wise, he means 10 years out business-wise not right now business-wise. right and that and that's and that's the difference right and that's what i was trying to bring up earlier is that i don't know I, i'm curious to what the long-term impact no pun intended will be for, <laughs> for the two companies you know, you know what's going to be it's going to be total non-stop action <laughs> oh my all right on that note so 
you know, with with all this going on in AEW, their show has has been gaining a lot of shares in the ratings. And not, not that NXT has lost a ton of viewers because they're still staying around that that you know six hundred thousand mark. You know where where it's basically been. Every now and again, it'll spike up a little bit. Uh, but but with, with that being said, do you really? Because it's not that NXT is not putting out a good product because the the wrestling is has been great. They've had some really good shows and things like that. It's it's not that the product is bad, but when you compare it now with AEW having Sting and having, you know, these kind of big players now being a part of it, maybe the star power isn't quite aligning, you know, because really when you look at the NXT side, they got Finn, who is a part of WWE and they have, you know, Undisputed Era, but outside of that, I mean, they're, they're, they are a little bit lacking, I think, with the the big name star power and, and things of that nature. So do you, th- and, and especially now that, um, I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but uh, NBC Sports Universal that that channel is ending, which um, is going to throw uh, NBC's NHL contract to USA. So there's a good chance now that we're going to start seeing uh, hockey games on USA Wednesday nights. So with all of that being said, how much do you think it would benefit? NXT to move to a different night, like say a Thursday or or even a, a Tuesday or something like that, and get off of Wednesdays altogether. I don't think it'll it'll make a difference at all because if we're being completely honest, the probably at least at least fifty percent to seventy five percent of the AEW fan base is just watching the AEW. They're not watching both. They're not making that choice Wednesday nights. So. You got 25% of people who are probably watching one on cable and streaming the other in in ways on the internet. So I, I can't imagine NXT's numbers would suddenly go up. All it would do is then make it so on AEW we have to hear them going, We won the Wednesday Night Wars. And it's like, <laughs> no, they they fucking got pushed because of fucking hockey. So there was a small sample size of NXT for a couple of weeks. They aired on a Thursday night due to, I forget what was going on, but they had to air it on a Thursday night. And in those few weeks, they did perform better ratings-wise than they did on Wednesday. So, I mean, I, I there, again, it's a small sample size. It's just a couple of weeks. And they actually, it was, I think it was the weeks, though, that they did, uh, like, those, those were the, the- the, the they show. were Tuesdays. They were Tuesdays, not Thursdays. Oh, and it, it was, was the Great American yeah. Bash and yeah. whatever the other uh, one was. It was their specialty show. They were specialty That's why shows. they did that. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. Um, I think it was Great American Bash Part One and Two actually, because right. Part Two was when Keith Lee won the NXT Championship, which leaked in advance, which made more people want to fucking watch it to see him win. Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, and and, that, and again, small sample size. It was they were specialty shows, but they did perform better ratings wise. So I, I think maybe you could make the argument that you know if if you if you try it out when it's not a special show, maybe possibly it could it could work out too. What do you think, Kev? Yeah, I just I, I don't think they're like Mike said. I mean, there's too many people that like just watch AEW and then they don't flip back and forth. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard that too recently about you know NXT possibly moving. So, I mean, honestly, well, they might I would... have to. You know, I mean, well, it's yeah, not yeah it might not be an option. It might just be like when, oh, I, oh, when I wrote this question yeah. out, I hadn't heard that, and then I heard that after the fact. So, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing: is what night did they 
you know, move to and stuff, but like, see, I would love to have like wrestling on a Saturday night, especially right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? With, with the pandemic and stuff, because at least try it out. If it doesn't work, then you move them to like, uh, I mean, it's hard to say what night. You know, that, that could work this time of year, Kev, but you think about football season college football Saturday oh, nights. Yeah. I mean that's that's gonna that's gonna dip into their audience a little bit <clears throat> would be the only problem there. Well I mean they compete yeah. against Monday night football every week though, so Yeah, but Raw has been Monday night raw for That's true. How long? Yeah. There's no way that they're gonna be like, it's Tuesday night raw, guys. Like <laughs> that, that's the thing. like if NXT is gonna move to a night they if if that is a, you know I mean, it should be Tuesday nights because yeah. What's on Tuesday night? I mean, even impact. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, but th- they're available on Access TV. Who has that? So I don't even think I have that, and I have like the highest direct TV I have, package I have possible. It. Do you? Yeah. On AT and T TV, they have Access TV. Yeah. Well, fuck. Maybe I do have it then. All right. This motherfucker right. works for that, but he doesn't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Jason's got the 700 channel package, and I have like 35, and I get one of them access. Dude, I just got my, I just got, I just got upgraded to the uh, 4K boxes on the Directv. Whew! You get the 4K channel, man. I, I was watching um, the Ohio State game. Ohio, I was watching the national championship game 4K. Mm. Holy shit! There's the only problem with it is the so the channel it broadcasts on. It's all. It's the game's on the entire time. There's no commercial breaks, but there's also no commentary, so there's no broadcast. But you're watching it from the the field camera basically the entire time. Are you, were you checking your watch to see how long we talk about sports ball? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that we were the 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 gimmick sports ball podcast. Ah, shut up! I just it just came up in conversation anyway. Oh my god, it made me think of I was watching the Do Perfect video the other day the kids and their one editor like does not like sports at all so like when it, so it was it's it was called chad versus do perfect uh, the wives or whatever and they asked him a question and his answer was sports player <laughs> and maybe think of michael <laughs> <laughs> all right sports so, ball player so and so kevin mentioned you know monday night raw has been monday night raw for a long time right well monday night raw um it's me you know, if you that was go, mike <laughs> oh yeah sorry Christ. michael whatever grandpa jason <laughs> keep the grandkids straight whoever, whoever said whatever so so one of you mentioned that monday night raw has been monday night raw for it, a long time it was mike it was not one of us yeah it was mike. It michael was very clearly me <laughs> so uh but if you Read this, you know, the toxic social media and just just some overwhelming opinions is that that Monday Night Raw is getting a lot of hate right now. Um, and and SmackDown seems like it's it's really been the, you know, kind of like the the flagship almost lately. Like SmackDown seems like it, it's it it's doing a lot better. Uh, but before we get talking about SmackDown a little bit. You know, with 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 storylines like you know, with the the fiend and Orton, with Alexa Bliss in the mix. Um, plus, you know, you got you got McIntyre as a champion, which which by all accounts has has been a pretty decent run for him. Why do you think Raw is still so hated by by fans? Is it that do you think it's the third hour, or are they just doing something differently that SmackDown just seems like it's doing better? Or it's just been bad. 
Okay. Yeah, that, that's I, I literally just it's, been it's, uninteresting. It's just been bad. I don't think it's just not. I think honestly, the Orton theme thing has kind of it's gotten too hokey campy for me. Oh, I love that. I, I want more. Oh. That's what I want. I, I like so I over. I think it's a little too. I'm it's, so over the know. generic, oh, big wrestler number one versus big wrestler number two for the championship. Er, we're angry at each other for a month, and then we have a match that doesn't matter because we know who's going to win. I, I love this fucking Captain Melty versus Captain Melty fucking loser gets his skin peeled off by the winner. Like, count me in. So, well, hold on. You're in for that hokey shit, but you didn't seem like you were that big of a fan of Rey Mysterio getting his eye ripped out. Because there's a difference because Rey Mysterio, I'm sorry, isn't interesting. Bray Wyatt is the most interesting thing in wrestling today. I I don't care who you are. Between Hello Neighbor Bray and The Fiend. Did you guys guys see the the meme? It was all the WWE superstars on the stage and in the background it said, uh, in memory of The Fiend, it said 2000. Like 2020 to 2021 or 2019 to 2020. No, I didn't see that. I just want to know what he's going to look like when he comes back. Yeah. Because you can't light a motherfucker on fire and then he just comes back like normal. Like, that's just not going to work. Maybe he's got a different mask or something like that. I'd be okay even if the mask was just, like, burnt. Like, just do that. You don't need to give him, like, a whole new mask. That makes even less sense than, in my opinion. I think that would kill the whole thing and then make it even like too hokey i feel like if he comes back his mask is burnt maybe he's got his hair cut and it's not like in those long dreads anymore and i mean i don't know what they do for the rest of his body because i mean unless they're going to paint him up every match like the demon or something like that like i can't imagine there's a a way to really make him look like he was burnt to a crisp unless he wears a bodysuit and that would just be weird um i i think that the the one thing that I'm still kind of on the fence with with this whole thing was Randy Orton's gimp mask. That was like I get the idea behind it, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really do it for me. <laughs> yeah, it's a little too much. It really did. It, it, it is funny too because his nose was all like red and looking weird. So it's like half his face isn't even protected by the mask. I know. So what's, I know. That's, what's the, the, that, that's an actual like mask that they give to burn victims. Oh, okay. All right. So, so it's, like this, it's 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 it's. it's accurate to what they're depicting right it just one makes no sense it it, two it looks weird and three like if you if you watched randy get shot in the face yeah he was super close and that flame engulfed his face yeah but it wasn't like someone sat on his face with a fucking match like it was a one and done so like maybe he doesn't have eyebrows or something he wouldn't have like third degree burns to the point where he's wearing one of those masks yeah i i had a ball of fire blow up in my face when i tried to take down my smoke it, detectors the other day and i mean my face and I, you still I, have I your eyebrow. an eyebrow so i mean yeah. there's, there's that <laughs> jason did you not turn off the power no i turned off I, I turned off the power the problem is i cut two wires at once so i completed the circuit and it sparked and it, it was a whole thing i'll tell you about it off air but oh uh, it was the best story of my week when he told me it so be ready <laughs> it's okay i've i've had Changing like light fixtures and stuff on the outside, of, like the house and stuff, whatever. I've had one time blow up in my face so many times, so it's yeah, all good. It happens. It, it happens. My wife thought it was pretty funny, uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, you know, but but by all accounts, I you know, I'm with Michael. I really enjoy the storyline. I love the fiend. I I think it's I think it's been fun. I think it's refreshing. I think 
I think that Alexa Bliss has been the unsung hero in this entire thing. We talked a little bit about it before we stopped recording. Her acting and just her presence has just been so good, and that's even evolved even more. This past Monday Night Raw, the whole thing with Asuka and, and just how she was, you know, staring off into a distance at times. I love that they're taking advantage of the fact that they don't have a live crowd there and changing her outfit mid-match and having that kind of fiendish transformation and stuff like that. I, I just think... All of that has has been great, right? Uh, and you know, and to to the to the credit, like some of the other stuff that they have going on too. I'm trying to think of like what a, one of the other big storylines that they have on there. Um, you know, Miz and Morris, Drew McIntyre versus uh, COVID. Yeah, Drew McIntyre versus COVID. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, it, uh, so Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg. Yeah, I'm not all in for that because I'm not. I was never a big Goldberg fan to begin with, so maybe I'm not the audience that this is for, but just after watching some of Goldberg's last few matches, I'm even more not the audience that this is for. Do I think McIntyre can get a better match out of him than Brock Lesnar? Yeah, probably. Can he get a better match out of him than The Undertaker at this point in The Undertaker's you know age and career? Yeah, probably. But, you know, do I want to see him hit a you know, the, the the spear and jackhammer and one, two, three and pin the champion that you've been building up for the past, for the past, what, nine months? Hell no. I honestly don't want to see that. I want to see McIntyre prevail in that match and continue on. Um, oh my gosh. By, by the way, did you guys see the dirt sheet from this past week? Okay. So Miz the only thing I saw from uh, SmackDown was the oh oh because of the what with Gilbert and yes all that so, oh remember I did see that I didn't yeah, realize that was the dirt sheet so Miz and Morrison you know built that they were having Goldberg Gilbert came out and then after that McIntyre's music hit and out comes Bernard from the Santa Claus dressed up Bernard. as Drew McIntyre. No, I kid you not. David Kill, what's his name? Oh, I Kill, know. Killoff. Yeah, it was Bernard. It from was the, the actor who played Bernard. At first, I was like, yes. I saw him like, yeah, that does kind of look like him, but he's he's super fat. And then it's right. like they confirmed it. I'm like, holy fuck, Bernard <laughs> got fat. Now I knew he was that size because he's in a show on HBO um, with uh, James Franco called Oh shit, and the the Deuce. Oh shit. No, yeah, the sh- the show's called The Deuce. It's on HBO. He plays a porn director in that show, and I, you know, I'd seen him on that show, and I was like, I was like, man, that guy looks really familiar. And I looked it up. I was like, holy shit, that's Bernard from the Santa Claus. And uh, but yeah, when I saw him, like, first of all, kudos to WWE for pulling off an actual like at least like a you know high B to low A list actor to to play this little Drew McIntyre role. Um, you know, he's. He's been in a if lot you, of things. If you think Bernard actor, is a high B or low I, I A would actor, give him a, I would we, need, give him a we B, need to reset your expectations. I would give him a B time. list by, for sure. But, uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, having him on the show, having him appear on the show, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, though, I guess, I guess, uh, transitioning over to SmackDown, I think what is setting SmackDown apart is that they have one main storyline that is basically dominating the show, and then they have a bunch of little storylines that kind of feed into that, but there's one main theme throughout, and that's the head of the table. And that is Roman Reigns and this new persona that he has taken on with his 
chief counselor. He's got his muscle, which is his cousin Jey Uso, and just the the overall dominant persona that he's he's kind of adapted. And I think maybe it, it kind of begs the question, is the show better because you have basically a heel champion now that is running the show? We're on, you know, Raw, you have a baby face and you don't really have much to challenge him. So you dusted off Goldberg to, brought him, to bring him in because you don't have enough heel stars to, to really be a challenger for him. You know, is that the difference maybe that you have that dominant personality as the as the figurehead that you know the the head of the table on SmackDown that you can start lining up some baby faces to, to take their shots at them. Where on Raw you don't really have that. Is it is do you think that that might be the difference? Oh, 100 percent. Because that that's the problem is the world championship picture for SmackDown. Interesting as hell. Right. And even with them like continuing the the Kevin Owens thing, I'm still engaged. I'm still enjoying it. I want to see their match. I want to see what they do next. And it, it's it's even and they even tell it in a way where like deep down you're like there's no way Roman's losing. There's no way that they've built Roman up like this and he's going to lose <clears throat> two months before well two and a half months before Mania. But then at the same time, they tell it in a way it's so believable. Like Kevin Owens could win. Yeah. And and they add in the the mix where he's like had these conversations with Paul Heyman where it's like, is Paul Heyman going to turn on Roman to help KO? Like, it, it, there's just so many better storytelling so many aspects to it, to it yeah. where they don't have anyone interesting who's like established on Raw to take on Drew that isn't going to be squashing an upcoming talent, right? Very, very true. They, they just have not done a good job of really building up as much on Raw as, as they have on SmackDown. And honestly, though, I think they have the perfect opponent for Drew McIntyre, and that's Bobby Lashley, if I'm being 100% honest with you. I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody really been better than the Hurt Business and Bobby Lashley on Raw. That storyline alone has been fun. I've been enjoying the the, the, the Cedric Alexander, the prime Alexander um role that he's been playing and, and what they've been doing there uh, with the kind of rift between them a little bit. But, you know, and and I, I think that there's the potential there, but they, they do. And I think they're finally starting to do it. They're finally starting to invest in the talent they, they have, but it's just almost a little bit too little too late. Like they should have been doing this all along. Not and they now. Should have been doing this at the beginning when Heyman was at the, the helm of raw. Right. And trying to do that, they should have let him. And by now, their stars would be established enough to where they'd be pulling in at least some like ratings where they would not need to be like, we need Goldberg to get a pop. Without a doubt, um, I have kind of a take on something that you were gonna that you mentioned a little bit ago about the the match with the Royal Rumble. But Kevin, I want to get your thoughts. What what have you thought about this head of the table storyline that's been developing on SmackDown? I mean, I can't sit here and say it hasn't been probably the, one of the best storylines they've done in the last, I don't know, God knows how many years. I mean, it's just been, I mean, uh, it's been such a shot in the arm for SmackDown, especially when that show first started. You know, they had the great premiere and everything, but, like, it, SmackDown forever was, like, I mean, how bad was it? I mean, it was bad, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and now... 
I know Raw has been, to me, it's been pretty bad. But whatever. But I'm not gonna sit there and say like, oh fuck, you know, fuck that or whatever. It is what it is. It's going through some shit right now. Like, you know what I mean? And the SmackDown's just SmackDown just has such a hot storyline and a hot star in Roman because everybody's wanted this. You know what I mean? Forever. Yeah. Roman turned heel. And, you know, and he's got the perfect guy to help him do it. Yeah. Paul Heyman. It's just like, it's just like, like when Andre turned heel on Hogan. It's not the same if he doesn't have Bobby Heenan in his corner. Very true. Yeah. Same, same ish situation. You know what I mean? Not like, I mean, that, that's a whole different era and, you know, important moments and stuff. That was back when they kept <clears throat> guns and knives in their bed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, <clears throat> and uh, cocaine, but um, and steroids. Yes, but it, it, it to me it's it's just it, it's another one of those things. What's going to happen next? Right. You know what I mean? What's going to not be the end game, but what's going to be like the climax of this? So what you know what's going to happen with the usos you know what i mean like especially when, what else? when jimmy gets back you know is he going to join the fold or is he going to oppose that and, and and cause a rift there exactly i mean it's also people always keep talking about the rock right is the rock ever going to have some involvement let's just face it probably not but you never know yeah um, but even the rock has has thrown gasoline on that fire though and said that he would have a match with roman Right. And, and Roman, the thing is that he's still cool enough to where, like, I think it's, it could be one of those things where he gets accepted back. Yeah. You know, I th- think so, th- this is, it's, it's a lot like. I'll be honest with you. If, if they didn't have the piped in booze, if they had a legit crowd there, I think it would be 50 50 more mm-hmm. less i or even i I, th- I think you would have more i think he'd be people, cheered yeah i think yeah. you would have more people cheering him than you would have <coughs> if i'm being honest uh, he, he, he at this point with what he's done he would be at cm punk level heel where he'd be getting cheered for being an asshole yeah yeah i i 100 agree and this almost like i'm not gonna say compare it to because it's completely different like kind of storyline but like to me, like when Daniel Bryan turned heel on AJ out of nowhere, yeah, and he started becoming the Planet's champion and all this and that and everything, like, and then all of a sudden, boom, accepted right back. You know what I mean? Right. Like he came back from this injury. Oh my God, Daniel Bryan's back. Seven months later, turns heel, becomes WWE champion, completely just turns everything around with his character, like night and day. Like he went from being the most popular to being the absolute most hated like yeah. i mean big time and then kofi mania came along you know he was smart enough too to even recognize okay it's time to get him over and then boom right back to being <clears throat> well loved again so that's the thing with roman is that i think he could flip it very easily that he's cool enough so no 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 because here's the difference daniel bryan was loved before he became heel Roman's Roman Reigns not. wasn't. <laughs> Roman's was universally hated by wrestling fans. Who so 
he was like to the point like Cena at the end of his career getting booed. That was Roman and the fucking peak of his career before he turned heel. So I don't think Roman has a way to turn face and it not backfire on. Oh, them. I, I I do I do because that that Roman Reigns that we saw and and here. I, and this this is just going to continue to evolve. I, Romans even said that there's new entrance music coming, so he's finally going to get rid of that. Dun, oh my god! Dun, Thank dun, god! Dun, dun. You know, he said there's a big process involved with it, but that's coming down the road. But I, I think to Kevin's point, I, I you know Daniel Bryan went back to his old persona, which I don't think that can happen for Roman Reigns. But there's definitely a way that he can become a face, and the way he becomes a face, we lost Kevin on the video feed. He's gone. Hopefully, nope. uh, but no, he's still here. I, I thought I'm, he, I'm just playing around. I thought he was making the same thinking face for way too long. But anyway, um. I can't even see you on the video thing. Anymore. It's on mine. You've been sitting there with your eyes closed for the past twenty minutes, but <laughs> I see the. So, so the way the way that the way that Roman is going to become face is just by continuing to be him. That that persona coming out of the shield and the the mic work he did that was not the real Joe on Anaw- Oahe. That was that was. Roman Reigns trying to, or that was him trying to play a character named Roman Reigns. This guy that we have now, this is the real him. Like, this is, like, you can tell in his promos that he believes every single thing that he's saying. I have never. We're not going to get no no more suffering succotash? I have never felt that way. Other than that time that he got pissed off at John Cena, I've never believed for a second that he believed anything that he was saying. Like, he never connected with the audience. This guy is connecting with the audience. This guy can be a face of the company if he just doesn't change. Like, kind of like with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin, that character was a heel character. Even when he become, became a babyface, he still acted and did the same things that he would do as a heel, but he got cheered for him because of who he was and how over he was. This version of Roman Reigns can continue to 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 be this kind of cool, badass, like head of the table, like real methodical thinker guy, and not go back to that like rah rah, I'm the big dog that runs the yard bullshit, and and he'll, rah, rah. And he'll eventually rah, get rah. he'll eventually get over with the fans just being who he is and continuing like this and just turning keep turning up the dial a little bit here and there and to to kind of match the intensity like to Kevin's yeah, point yeah, he definitely can calm be, down you can calm down a little bit sorry yeah. to Kevin's point he can definitely become a baby face <laughs> it's just pants tightening <laughs> <laughs> fuck you to Kevin's point he can definitely become a baby face it's just he can he unlike Daniel Bryan he can't go back to what he was before because going back to what he was before is just gonna is just gonna start to cycle over again to, to so i think you're both right in a way honestly but yeah i i mean i guess i meant that like he could i know he wasn't as popular as like daniel bryan was right but, like, yeah. I, I just kind of meant like all right well if he could if he can flip it around again you know what i mean somehow like i think he could and Michael, you brought up that um, you brought up that that Kevin Owens probably isn't going to win this match at the Royal Rumble. I, I propose to you guys this this booking, this fantasy booking, okay? Because the Royal Rumble is going to be weird this year, right? You don't have the crowd there; it's not going to be the same experience. You're not going to have the big edge pop 
that you would normally get. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to have that. Like, it's, I don't know. I The Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view, but in this format, I'm really curious to how it's actually going to go go off. But irregardless of that, like, um, what if Kevin Owens wins the match and Jay Uso wins the Royal Rumble and Roman demands Jay's title match? What what if what you know what I mean what, what what if you have a scenario like that like we know we don't expect Kevin to win Kevin wins oh my gosh Roman is no longer the champion what's he gonna do Jay somehow finds a way to win the Royal Rumble but since he's indentured to Roman basically Roman's like oh man congratulations thanks for winning that title opportunity for me I needed that so I'm gonna take that WrestleMania spot from you bro like man how fucking nuts would that be. I can I, see I, that. I can I can see that, but I can see Roman retaining and Ju so winning. That could be fun. And, so, then, and then we build off of that somehow. So I've got a different spin on Jason's theory. Instead of Jay winning, what if Roman loses? Or then Jay is a is about to come out for the Rumble, and as he's like come, making his entrance, Roman walks out, puts his hand on his chest, like no, 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 this is my spot now. Yeah, I can and, see that. And too. he goes out and wins it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can see, see that something too. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, I I kind of had that thought, like one way or the other. But yeah, that would that would work out too. So yeah, I mean, so there is feasibly a way that Kevin Owens could end up winning this match on at the Royal Rumble and, and being the Universal Champion. But but really, realistically, I think it just needs to go back to Roman. I feel like you can build that show better with Roman as champion in his current position and his current character and, and everything uh, than you can. Like, his, I, I really, heel champions, I think, really draw in the business because when you have a babyface chasing... That I think that that that's more of a compelling storyline than having a, a dominant babyface, unless you have a stable fool of heels. Like you know, Hogan had the stable fool of these monsters that he could run through, and that made it compelling because he was always in peril. Because you had this. You had Andre the Giant or King Kong Bundy or the Big Boss Man or you know these guys that imposed an intimidating threat to to that character. That that's why that that made so much money, but you don't or the Undertaker, but you don't really have that with McIntyre. There's not. First of all, you know it's not the land of the giants anymore, so you're not going to have a stable full of guys like you know you're, you're going to dust off uh, almost the uh, freaking AJ's bodyguard and have him go after McIntyre. You know what I mean? Like you don't have a a stable full of guys that are that size that you can really put against him. So it puts him, I think, at a disadvantage. Whereas Roman, you can put. Daniel Bryan against him. You could put Kevin Owens against him. You could dust off um, freaking big, or you could bring up Big E and put him against him. You could, um, you know, I mean, even, you know, have a storyline for Zami Zayn to go. Uh, there, there's so many guys that you could put up against Roman right now on the SmackDown roster that he can work with that can create compelling storylines where on Raw you just don't have that. Can we, talk about the, can, we, no, can we talk real quick about the biggest thing that has happened on SmackDown, and that's Shinsuke Nakamura's music is back, baby. <laughs> and he, he's face again. Yeah, like <laughs> Shinsuke, and, and that's another person you can put against him is Shinsuke. And, man, he really opened up some eyes in that gauntlet match, you know, very similar to what Kofi did a few years ago. You know, Shinsuke, 
like a lot of people got behind him in that match and and really I'm I'm hoping that they'll use that as a building block for him. I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Uh, so another problem is the fact that WWE when they're when they are booking heels for the the challenger, not for the champion. Unless it's someone who's a big name like Randy Orton, or I mean, not even a big name, someone who they actively are high on like Randy Orton, it feels like they all, as Kevin would say, turn into cocksucker heels. Um, <laughs> because let's think about it. There's some no better the, kind. The <laughs> so, some of the most like generic heels that we'll usually see like challenge even like the mid card champion are, are usually people like Dolph Ziggler who like him going after the championship is never believable because they don't book him in a way. It's a believable. They don't tell that story. It's always him, you know, trying to, to cheat and try to be sneaky. And then it's him and a bunch of other dudes that he's got. And it's, it's never like a compelling, like, Oh man, he, he could win. He could, he could do this. So like, it's, it's kind of also on the, the writers and the creative for this dilemma too, because you could, you could take these characters who are heels and you could elevate them to that level with good storytelling. You don't, you don't necessarily need them to, to already be there. You can kind of build them there. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, and, and that's, and that's to the point, you know, they, they really have not done a great job of, of being able to, to, to build that. So, you know, hopefully in the future they'll start, what the hell are you doing? None of your business. What are you guys doing? <laughs> you see it too, don't you? Why are you ta- Why are you taking pictures of me? <laughs> because you're frozen on our screens. Oh, okay. Well, on my screen, I'm not. Oh God, I'm gonna get blown up. Oh God, yours is all sorts of fucked up. Frozen pictures of me. All right, this is definitely riveting radio. <laughs> yeah, this is on you. You could have literally just kept wait, talking, wait, but wait, you're the one who stopped. Well, Don't you guys are taking pictures and throw me off. You wouldn't know that if you weren't paying attention to the camera. Oh, and now, apparently, and now apparently we're on 5:50 a.m. radio. <laughs> All right, live so, and local, baby. All right, so the, the last the last thing I want to ask you guys, and we'll we'll kind of wrap this up. Come, coming up next is uh, Paul Harvey <laughs> and the sports ball. <laughs> have you guys? Um, have you guys? Uh, do you guys have anything else that um, that we haven't really talked about? I guess the last question I want to ask you guys is, what's um, how? What's your excitement? We'll talk about the Royal Rumble next week ahead of the show actually going going on air. But what's your excitement level for the Royal Rumble this year? As I talked about, I think it's gonna be a little weird not having a crowd there. I don't know if I'm as excited for it as I normally am. I still love the Royal Rumble, but um, you know, what what do you guys think? What's your excitement level with the Royal Rumble? Uh, personally, if we're talking about the match itself, I'm at like a two. If we're talking about the pay-per-view, I'm at like a seven. Okay. All right. What, what on the pay-per-view has you more intrigued? Uh, so one Roman versus Kevin Owens and two, I I don't think it's been confirmed, but supposedly Orton versus Fiend. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, Fiend hasn't even made a appearance yet, so. Yeah, the, 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 so after Orton like announced for the Rumble, and then he became Captain Melty, um, the rumors have been going around that like 
the plan is for him versus Fiend at the Rumble, which I'm like, that seems like a mania match, but hey, more power to you. Yeah, because uh, Randy was even talking on Monday about being in the Rumble and still winning it despite his face Mm -hmm. being... Which also would make me think that maybe he'll be in the Rumble and then that's when the Fiend will finally show up. Yeah, that's kind of more or less what I was thinking. Kevin, what's your excitement? That'd be fucking crazy surprise entrant. It would be. I agree Uh, with you. Yeah, I'm I'm along along with you. Like it's like Rumble is probably like my like second favorite. I I, I think it's like this the second best, like whether it's good or not, like pay per view of the year. Yeah. Like WrestleMania is always number one, whether it's good or bad, doesn't matter. It's the number one thing you look forward to. And I think R- Rumble's always number two. So I think I don't know. I, I I'm still excited for it. You still like the you know there's gonna be surprise entrances, you know there's still gonna be like some good matches and stuff. So, um, I guess as far as like an excitement level, I'd say I'm probably like a seven or eight. Okay. Um, as far as how I think it's going to like turn out or whatever, uh, I'll say about the same, about six, let's say about six or seven. Okay. So fair enough. Fair <clears throat> enough. Yeah. I, and I, you know, I'm, I'm maybe around the same, same area. I just, like I said, I, I just think without the crowd, I, I think a lot of, my excitement for the Royal Rumble is kind of feeding off those surprise entrances and hearing the pop of the crowd and, and, and things like that. So, you know, without having that, it's a little bit of a disappointment, but I think overall it'll still be an enjoyable show and it'll probably end up being a better show than what I think it'll be. So, you know, maybe that'll help out with my excitement levels that uh, it'll be, it'll maybe exceed some expectations and actually end up being really good. So uh, real quick too, did you guys see, I tweeted a picture and I tagged you guys in it um, from SmackDown. Bianca Belair doing the obstacle course. She had to carry Otis in a fireman's carry. <laughs> and somebody had posted it with uh, the SmackDown logo on Bianca Belair and the uh, WWE logo on Otis as if SmackDown is carrying like WWE right now. So I tweeted that out and asked for some feedback from from uh, from our Twitter followers. So <laughs> I, thought- I would say more. I would say more than anything. It's it's just what they're doing with Roman and Paul Heyman, and, and how good is Paul Heyman on those uh, talking smacks? Yeah, like, oh yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, just everything, like everybody that's on there, it's like he he has like just his facial expressions, and, and we've talked about this before. Like he's a completely one eighty manager for Roman than he was like for Lesnar. Yeah, completely. You know what I mean? Like he almost seems like even more scared of Roman than he was of Brock, which also to me puts Roman over oh, yeah. just as much. Like when, just like we talked, you know, he walks to the ring with him and he's just like staring at him with this like concerned look on his face. Like, Oh my God. It, I like, better Roman not. makes you wonder like, what did he do to you before you guys showed up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Roman just has this like methodical, very cerebral way of talking and dealing with things and just the intimidation factor I think is is really interesting how he's going with it like you know you're a reflection of me and he doesn't respect you so if he doesn't respect you he doesn't respect me so we need to make sure that he respects me like just the whole just that whole persona the whole attitude man it's such a Man, it it is it's very intimidating just just how he goes about it. So I I, I think that the the evolution of his character in that way has has just been 
has just been fantastic. I mean, I can't say enough about how well that this has gone off for him. And I'm happy that he's getting a chance to be him. I think he feels more comfortable there, and it, it definitely shows. I mean, it really does. I mean, you, you it's more believable. It's more... You know, it's more authentic, and it's it's and it's definitely definitely coming through on camera a whole lot better than the big dog. You know, so I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm impressed. But uh, but yeah, man, I I think that that kind of wraps up the the first episode back. Unless there's anything else that you guys want to mention or talk about, not that I can think of. All right. Well, hey, thank everybody for uh, thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode of the show. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Maybe one of these days, I'll figure out how to get the video up on YouTube so you can actually watch it if you want to. Even though it's not too much excitement, other than apparently my face freezing and looking really goofy. Um, but <laughs> make sure you do follow us on social media for any updates. You can follow us on our Instagram, which I'll be honest with you, I'm pretty bad about the Instagram. Michael was taking it over for a little while, and then he fell out of favor with it and it's just been it's just been bad since then but uh i do interact that's with, the fans <laughs> fault for not interacting i do interact a lot on twitter so make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram at live your gimmick uh michael you got anything you want to plug this week i always do if you go to <laughs> youtube.com forward slash modern toy fair you can catch me every friday with jamar and or nate for modern toy fair news where we talk about the weekly toy news and then on mondays and Sometimes even an extra episode on Wednesdays, I do reviews of different action figures I've picked up. So go check that out. If you like figure photography, check out us out on Instagram or Twitter at Modern Toy Fair. And if you want to support me in my ever-ending addiction to action figures, you can go to tpublic.com uh, forward slash photo personality comics, or you can just go to one of my social medias and click the link. And I have shirts with the logos on them. I have other things I've made up and even shirts for this show. So go check those out. So I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put Michael over in his his t-shirt designs here real quick. He put out one of um, the Among Us imposter being kicked off <laughs> with a um, with a, a blonde curly hairpiece and says and the the president orange skin the the president <laughs> was the imposter and I popped pretty pretty good for that when I first saw it so uh, definitely check that out and apparently and you know I want to put out an APB I guess somebody bought one of our gimmick minute shirts and and Michael just assumed it was Kevin and yeah. apparently it was not and it was not me because I had already purchased the shirt so apparently we do have a fan out there that purchased one of our shirts I'm curious if if it was you reach out to us on Twitter let us know because uh, we definitely we definitely are happy to have uh, any support that we can get so that's awesome if uh if we got some people buying our gimmick minute shirts i guess it was the uh the one that kevin you know Ke- kevin came up with the design idea for that he was gonna buy and never did <laughs> yeah that's why i assumed it was him <laughs> but it's the uh it's it's our our ripoff hey. of the inner circles ripoff of the guns and roses t-shirts <laughs> you know the more you talk about everything and honestly like I said, got nothing else to do. Might just start spending some money this week, and possibly maybe I'll buy it. There you my go. wife, my wife already said that to me um, earlier. She's like, um, so like I have like three hundred dollars in my Amazon cart, and I Jeez. have like a thousand dollars in an IKEA cart. I'm just gonna start buying stuff. I don't have anything else to do, so <laughs> you know. So fuck it. I might as well buy some of Mike's t-shirts. There you well, go. that means you, you, since you're in the situation, you need to buy the COVID mania shirt. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I might have to. And I also wanted to give another plug to Mike. Hey, he might have taken over Australia. 
as the number seventy third podcast. Watch out, fucking Antarctica. <laughs> in the wor- in the words of Booker T, he's coming for you. Sucker. Things we can't see. Uh, sucker. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully uh, the Gimmick Minute podcast will start dominating the charts once again. So uh, thank you guys again for listening to this week's episode of the show. Make sure ep- – oh, wow. <laughs> Epa show. I, uh, I was almost the title. flawless Epa. to that. <laughs> All right. Oh, thank you for oh, listening to this week's episode of the show. Uh, make sure you subscribe, share with your friends. If you're on Apple, leave us a five-star review. Uh, Thank you for listening once again. For Michael and Kevin, I am Jason reminding you, Smarks out there, to be a fan and always live your gimmick. Thank you and goodbye, everybody.